This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Score, the podcast. The only show taking you inside the studios of the world's most celebrated composers and musicians. From Music Box Studios in Hollywood, we are Paramount Studios adjacent. Yeah. This is Score the Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Holmes, alongside Robert Kraft. Hello, Kenny. What is up? And we got Matt, our executive producer here, twirling the dials. Twirling. That's right. And uh, we got our new drop for today from last week. Pretty fresh. Pretty oh. fresh. Pretty fresh. So uh, whenever we say something that's really interesting. Pretty fresh. We got uh, kind of minty. Either fresh. I'm not sure whether that's Kyle Dixon or Michael Stein could, or could Kyle be. and Dixon or Michael and Stein. I think it's Michael and Stein. It's one of those. It's four. one of those. But either way, it's pretty fresh. Uh, <laughs> today's guest, we're here in his studio. Emmy-winning composer, no- known for his music to some of television's greatest series of the last decade, including Fargo, Star Trek Discovery, HBO's The Night of, which was. Oh, I, that, I wish there was more episodes. All of these are like the best shows. Yeah. That on and of course, Legion. And, and which Legion. Is just and they're all like it. happening at the same time, too. Yeah. So we're lucky that uh, Jeff Russo is joining us today. Um, he's also working on a film that's coming out August 3rd with Peter Berg called Mile 22, starring Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jeff will join us in just a bit. And he also told us that he listens to the show and he's brushed up on his name that score. Ooh. So I'm a little worried because most of the composers say they don't even know what they're going to do and they win. So we'll see what he, happens. He's there. basically going to probably teach us a little bit. He's going to school us about name that score, I feel. Uh, also on today's show, an all new episode of Behind the Score featuring Han Zimmer. And he's talking about the present time we're in that he calls... The film music era. I love yep. that. And I think Hans is, is actually referring to the fact that not only are we having incredible scores being written for all our filmed entertainment, but people are coming out and buying tickets, hard tickets, to live film music events. More which and is more. Certainly Hans on tour, sold out around the world, and Ramin Jawadi, we know, is doing a Game of Thrones I've got my tour. tickets right for yep. September. But I have been in the last year i saw titanic live mm-hmm. to picture an orchestra below the huge screen in krakow which was really incredible in a an arena that was sold out so the titanic tour was played there i've seen on the waterfront leonard bernstein's score to picture um it actually, used to be that these these were events that might be a one-off thing that would be done in New York or in L.A., you might see Howard Shore do Lord of the Rings or, or whatever. But now it seems like these are going on tour. Well, I think what's happening is that orchestras who have, needless to say, had some issue trying to find contemporary audiences for music that's 100, 200, 300 years old, they find out that they announce a film music night where they're going to do the music of John Williams or the music of James Horner or they're going to actually take some particular film and have an orchestra play live to Whether picture. the maestro's there or not. Some, right. of them, it, some of them do, some of them don't. Like Hans Zimmer, he now has the world of Hans Zimmer going around, and he, you know, they did the Hans Zimmer live tour with Hans himself. 
but now they're doing it without him and it's still selling out. Yeah, they'll do. I know that David Newman has done an evening of West Side Story. You know, they'll have a conductor come and I think in St. Louis or in Omaha or Miami, places that you wouldn't think necessarily are film music centers, those orchestras are playing film music evenings and selling tickets. And they're so, a big hit. I, I've had the privilege of going to a couple of these with with Score, with our documentary, and they've screened our movie there, and they've said, this thing is taking off. These yeah. these orchestras all over the place, you know, Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra is one I remember. They were saying, this stuff is going crazy well, here in Indianapolis. Not only is it cool for the audience, but it's putting these musicians to work Yep. With these big shows and when, you know, they may otherwise have had a half filled uh, classic classical orchestra fan base that's watching, you know, Beethoven and the classics. Now they're seeing young audiences come in and find this to be cool and uh, kind and of understanding the game film music. Bit. And in fact, one of the greatest hybrid evenings is Jordan the Hollywood Bieber. Bowl is now the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> is now presenting evenings where. I, Beauty and the Beast was recently at the Hollywood Bowl where it's yep. the film on screen, yeah. the orchestra playing the score, and then singers come out and sing live the songs in the movie. So they've done Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I uh, worked on the Willy Wonka show. Too. Willy they Wonka. Did Willy Wonka the Richard Craft directing and Laura Engel as the this producer. This is the, just the Hollywood. These aren't the ones that are on tour, but it no. shows it's kind of the, the, the forefront maybe gonna, of what's they coming. they got to go on tour. And, this know, was Alan sold Mankin, out. Alan Menken tours around too all over yep. the world and does uh, his Disney songs. Well, thank God for this audience interest because it's going to clearly reflect in all the booming subscriptions to score the podcast. Yes, yes, which you can do right now if you just hit pause and go to Apple Podcasts and hit <laughs> Tell subscribe. Brian, please, please, <laughs> help keep the show going. Speaking of our audience, um, a couple of weeks ago, we we got made fun of for our name that score. Uh, let's, let's take you back to then. Sounds like five pounds of cheese. <laughs> That's what started this. John that was Powell. John Powell's raving review of our <laughs> Name That Score Q. Um, so Sounds we, like five pounds of cheese. So we brought up the idea that maybe one of our composer listeners has a better theme that we we may consider Did using. we get any submissions? We did. We got a handful of these, and we'll, we'll play out a couple of these uh, r- real quickly right now. But, uh, but yeah, we've, we've been going through some of these on our social media accounts. Some people have tweeted us. Some people have sent us, I think, on Facebook and a Dropbox. Thank you so much things. for doing that. That's um, really cool. Can and we so, identify the composers so they of get course, a, a shout-out? Of course. Out? So we got three of these that we'll, we'll play here and, and, uh, and let us know what you think on our social media page and on uh, Twitter, at ScoreThePodcast. But the first one's from Joe Keeley who I think this is the first one that came in. Oh, Joe's the one. So this episode, the the episode that we mentioned this, it came out, and within, I think, 12 hours, Joe had a cue for us. So I'm interested to hear what you guys, what your your take is on this, on these these themes, given that we have such a masterful Name That Score theme in the first place. Thank you very much, Matt. (laughs) Good. Here's here's the first one from Joe Keeley that we can kind of talk through a little bit. That score. <laughs> we might have to use that with Robert singing. Where well, you, yes, you could be a winner. <laughs> Fabulous prize. <laughs> that was that was cool. I liked that little. It really was. With we the, talked the over it, but game. Joe, yeah, there's if a retro you're listening, thing in there, that and... was really lovely. 
I liked the yeah. There was a little was kind throwback of, kind of kind of triumphant too, like and yeah, NES kind of sound at the beginning. There. Very cool. And uh, it was backwards too. If I noticed, some of the stuff was played in reverse. Which yeah, is, it, yeah, it sounded like it. He's going with the theme there. I like that. Thanks, yeah. Joe. Good job, Joe. It's weaving a few things together. Let's keep there. that one in mind. All right, so that's the first one. Here's our second one from uh, Dimitris Didoras. I hope I'm not butchering that name too much. <laughs> a little more playful. <laughs> this has Very a little classic. Looney Tunes sound. Disney. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... I was thinking... Oh. Name that score. This, this sounds more like our current one than the other one. How dare you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's great. That score. <laughs> Dimitri. I like a little flourish at the end. Dimitri, too. animation music is in your future. Yeah, that I think so. That, that sounded was, like it reminded me of like a little Animaniacs or something. Yeah, it's like very cool. Uh last one we have is from uh Seric Seric Hybrid P S Y E R I C Seric Hybrid. And uh here's that clip. Ooh. Dark. You, you have entered the score matrix. <laughs> Name that score. If you do not get the answer right, you will be sent into a pod into space. Take forever. the blue pill. <laughs> so we have very, very different, these three themes. This has a little Star oh, what's Trek going on? Discovery going on here. Also very cool. That was cool. That's, a That's little, dark. We'll yeah, have to use that for a, name a really that intense episode. <laughs> name that funeral. <laughs> I like that. Oh, well, man. we're going to be coming back with a show in just a minute uh, with our guest, Jeff Russo. We've we got we're a putting great together show name ahead. That funeral. And uh, <laughs> lots of n- surprises ahead. Stick with us after the break. Robert Kraft with the throw into break. <laughs> Pretty fresh. Hey, Matt Schrader here. We're back to the show in 15 seconds, but a quick thank you to everyone who's been telling a friend about Score the Podcast. We're one of the fastest growing entertainment podcasts out there right now, and that's thanks to you telling a friend. You're probably thinking of somebody else right now that enjoy the show. If it's safe to do so, hit pause and let them know about Score the Podcast. It helps keep this show going. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back. We're here at Music Box Studios with the incredible and incredibly busy Jeff Russo. So busy. So many shows. <laughs> Emmy award-winning composer. Probably scoring more of my favorite TV shows than anybody I know. That's it, for sure. It's just incredible to see a great I'm surprised show. you're not like working on a cue while we're sitting here. <laughs> well, I think he is. <laughs> I was. I think they are in the other room. <laughs> He's was. like, wrap this up, guys. We got to get going here. <laughs> but, uh, you know his music from Fargo, Star Trek Discovery, um, m- one of my favorite shows, which I wish wasn't a miniseries, uh, The Night Of. Fantastic. And, and Legion. Legion. Oh, man. My favorite. And currently scoring, as we know, coming up later this summer, Mile 22, which as yes. we saw very recently is already being advertised while they're working on the score it, currently. I don't remember who it was, but I was listening to your, your podcast and somebody had said, oh, yeah, I, I saw an advertisement for, for one of the movie I was working on, but I hadn't even started writing yet. And <laughs> mm-hmm. that happens in L.A. all the time. They actually, it's a thing that studios do. They... 
they target the composer. No one else sees those ads. They find out where the where composer is, is kind of niche it's targeting. Right outside your window. Just to make, right, they're broadcasting just to make you really yeah. anxious. The billboard guy's up there, like, giving you the, <laughs> right. the, the meet can, the parents eye thing. You, yeah. uh, Jeff, you're, you're a lifelong Trekkie, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, yes, I am. So when you got brought on to do Star Trek Discovery... I imagine there was some pressure there to deliver. <laughs> you knew the theme was going to be uh, sort of inducted into the, the Star Trek world forever. Um, where, did, where do you begin with such a theme like that, with, with all the pressure and, and the history of the theme as well? I begin in a, a state of complete terror. Nice. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and then that, that then transitions into utter disbelief and... Uh, after disbelief, it's um, complete self-doubt. And then once I've gone through all of those things, then I sit down and go, okay, now what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> I think you've actually just articulated something for your book. You know, there's the five stages of grief. Yeah. Is that famous <laughs> thing when somebody passes away? You uh, just sort of articulated the, started. the three stages of composing. <laughs> that's right. I think that's it. I need to go back and review those. I, I, think, I, think a lot of, I think a lot of things start out that way. But in this particular case, it was, you know, obviously even greater because I was such a huge Star Trek fan. And it's almost unbelievable to have somebody call you and say, oh, and hey, we're thinking, would you like to do... Your Judge favorite write thing. the music can you, for can you tell the us new what, Star Trek. What that call was like? Was there a moment you just said, "This is unbelievable"? Yeah, just, well, I'm such a fan. Or it, did they it, know? So I had I had a meeting with them. It's, it, I had a really funny experience actually because I was such a big Star Trek fan. I I I, I was on a camping trip with my my daughter, and mm. she goes to school with someone who works on or was working on producing the, the the show. And we were sitting talking, and she was like, "So, what do you do?" She had no idea. And I said, oh, you know, I'm a composer. And she's like, oh, what, what have you worked on? And at the time, I had just finished The Night Of. I had just finished a couple of other things. She said, oh, I love The Night Of. That's fantastic. And I said, what do you do? She said, I'm a producer. And um, I said, what are you working on? She said, oh, well, I'm, right now we're starting Star Trek. Wow. Oh. Would, you, would you be interested in coming in and meeting? And I was like, <laughs> nah. Are you kidding? You um, said, hey, listen, I'm camping with my daughter. We're not going to talk, about, not talk business. about business. Let's not talk about business right now. Right. So, so I, I said, yeah, that's, that sounds like a great idea. Um, and then weeks went by and then that, those weeks turned into like a month and a half. And I was like, Oh, they probably had somebody in mind and it's probably, you know, gone and done. And I didn't think again about it. Um, and then about a week after I had released myself of that, she, she called me and she said, Hey, we're setting up a meeting. We want you to come in and meet the the producers. Um, Nice. Aaron and Gretchen and, and Akiba Goldman and uh, the, all the people who were involved with the show. And I said, great. So I went in, I sat down, we had this meeting and um, we were talking about like what they thought the music should be. I thought was talking about what I thought the music should be. And then all of a sudden the door swings open. Akiva Goldman like, literally runs into the room and says, okay, wait, I have to ask a question. <sighs> he had to catch his breath. <laughs> he says, okay, so the Klingon ship, does it cloak? And I had such an out-of-body experience at that moment because I was like, wait a second, I, I'm in a room talking about Star Trek. Akiva Goldman just ran in asking if the Klingon ship that they're creating for the show should cloak. And I'm thinking, like, you know, my 13-year-old self is freaking out right now. <laughs> um, and, and then he left, and I, I, I turned to them, and I said, do you have any idea how surreal that was? The, that whole conversation just happened while I was in the room, and they were like, oh, and it was kind of a what fun. Was so the did, answer, you, did you actually, have some really input? Cool. I, well, the answer. 
the answer was yes that particular ship did have the cloaking technology right and that was sort of the beginning of the of the whole cloaking technology for for the klingons i wonder if in that meeting you know we have this quote here that you said that you wanted to score the characters hearts mm-hmm. and the emotional core yeah uh rather than different character themes did you feel like in that meeting you had an opportunity to share how you would approach it or did they ask you specific yeah. questions? I, I think that was one of the things that we talked about the most was, you know, how to approach telling this story from a musical standpoint because of how important music has always been to the to the franchise. Um, and, you know, I said, look, I'm the kind of composer that likes to score what a character feels, not what a character does. And I think Brilliant. that I think that w- I th- if we tell the story from that perspective musically, we might have a chance to say something different than than they have in the past. Like you know, in the past, it's been a lot about the action and the and I think that we still need to do that. But if you tell this this interpersonal story of Burnham and Giorgio and all all the different interpersonal and character relationships, we have a chance to tell the story from a different perspective. And they were very interested in in doing that. I bet and this I th- show's so cinematic. It, it almost it's like a long movie. Um, I I made it public a couple weeks ago that I I had never watched Star Trek, but I did. I started watching Discovery to prep for this interview. Right. And the clips I've seen of older Star Trek shows. I mean this this show looks above and beyond the quality wise. It looks like a movie. And it, for I, those who are just almost, to speak further to that, like yeah. this is a very accessible show too. Like this, this is not scored like a movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that was the idea on all aspects for all in, you know, in all ways and all aspects of the show, they wanted it to feel like we were making this big movie and not another television version of the same, the same show. So, you know, um, we, we have Alex Kurtzman and we have all these really great people who've worked on movies. Um, and, 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 because of that, I think we we really all put 159 million percent. Pretty into impressive it. group of producing, talent, yeah. producing and writing directors talent. too. Like yeah. the whole the whole thing and the you know and and the acting and and everything is really just very cinematic. And I think the writing. Has, has I wanted to ask well. about directors on a TV show. Something I've been curious about. Do, does each director have an opportunity to speak to you about their episode, or do you only deal with either a showrunner or a producer, and the directors inherit hmm. what you do? Well, so one of the biggest differences between film and television is that, you know, in a film, the director is the person driving the ship and the creative head and the creative lead, and that's the person who I'm dealing with. Yep. Um, on television, the writer it's a writer's medium. Sure. So the, the showrunner and the producers and writers have way more every day and day-to-day say onto what I'm doing and, and basically the entire thing. The directors, although um, they have a, a big say in how the whole thing is working and looking from the production standpoint, once it gets into post, I've, you know, it's rare that I see a director. The only time I've ever really been in touch with directors are when those directors and producers are the same. So, and sometimes that happens. Um, but in, in, in a very rare show of, of, of reaching out, Jonathan Frakes just uh, emailed me last week because he's directing the cool. second episode of, of Star Trek the next, um, you know, the next season. And he asked me, he had something to ask me about, you know, how can we do this? And how can we do that? And, you know, I'm geeking out because Jonathan Frakes was in The Next Generation and I was a huge Next Generation fan. So that's freaking me out. Do you out have a, a preference um, in this style, whether it's film or TV, because the, the approach is completely different. What what's what do you like to do most? Is you know, there- that's an interesting question, and I've been asked that before. And what I would say is, I try to treat everything the same. So I think 
I try to apply a cinematic technique to a television score. Mm. Um, and, Which is noticeable. <laughs> well, I, I think that that's the way I like to tell stories. Not all TV shows get that kind of treatment. Like yeah. not all TV, you, you wouldn't do that on, on Law and Order, right? Law and Order has, you know, the original Law and Order had three three minute cues in it and that was it right just bomb bomb and that was the whole score right, <laughs> right. Um, and that was that television show and it was very very effective um, but when you start trying to tell cinematic stories like the night of which is a very cinematically made um, show it really needed to be told from a very cinematic way and a very emotional core of a, of a score i want to ask a question about the night of because you mentioned something when you were making me incredible americanos outside <laughs> by the way not only a he great composer, yeah. but what a coffee maker we have here. <laughs> it's a second career. If this composing thing, you know, gets shaky, I can the music open your own. Cafe. Russo's <laughs> Cafe. That's great. You mentioned, and I thought that's amazing, that when you first saw The Night Of, they sent you all the episodes. Did you get temp music when they sent you eight episodes of The or Night yeah, Of? yeah, did you watch it in silence? Or did you write music to a just an incredible so, episode? It, it's, it's, I'm so glad you asked that question. I've been, this is the, I wanted to ask it out there when you're making coffee, but I thought, I really want to know. <laughs> so it's the question for every composer, right? The, the temp music question. Yep. And I know that we talk about it all the time. Um, so that, so there was, some was tempt and some was not. But a lot mm. of the temp was already my music because he was really oh, wow. he was really interested in a lot of the stuff that I had done for Fargo, so he had tempted some Fargo in. Mm. Um, oh, interesting. And then there were a few places where there were songs tempt in where he was like, I just needed something to get from here to there. But a lot of it had no music. It was just dry. And he's a movie maker. He makes movies. And, you know, the true artists, the true filmmaking artists really can make a great cut without any music. Oh, no kidding. And... And if, if you can do that, then music is going to just make it so much better. If, if you need music to make your cut, that's okay. But you're going to get caught up in what you're putting in there, right? Like, if, so if you end up putting in, I, I, I've had this argument, like, you know, just so many times they're like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we tempt it with Inception. I'm like, you can't tempt it with Inception. <laughs> I can't do Inception. That, right. Hans did Inception. It's awesome and it's fantastic. Yeah. But you what do you want me to do how do i compete with that i can't uh, compete that, with that seems like the number one temp every oh, story we tell is like, oh they tempt it with inception. inception they're actually uh i inherited three actually two temps for every other movie right it was a cue out of american beauty oh that was there was mm, it was yeah. everywhere in television i actually well. had to go out onto the fox scoring stage at one point as you know the downbeat hits for 3m7 and i had to go to the composer and ask him to step aside i said You've changed like an eighth note in the Thomas Newman cue. It is so <laughs> you can't spot. Do you, did you really hear it? I said, I, I, I thought we were, you know, like I thought licensing. he was here. Right. right. <laughs> the other one that's very, very popular, certainly for trailers, but showed up in movies is a Hans Thin Red Line. Oh, beautiful oh, score. Yeah. Love that kind score. Kind of the elegy cue. Yeah. So, and of course, you play those for a composer, and so you just beat that. Well, these are the classics. Oh, I also want to give a shout out to Clint Mansell's Requiem for a Dream, which goes right. in the kind of this is going to be really emotional and tragic <laughs> and they're drug addicts moment in any movie. I would rather them put Beethoven. Nice. Right? Because at least with Beethoven, I can rip yeah. some of it. Oh, you can fine. Beat it. I can, well, I can also, like, oh, I can just use that one. Library of Congress, Nobody can right? say anything. Right? <laughs> That's so um, nice. Jeff, you mentioned a little bit about working on season two of Star Trek, which is happening mm. now? Uh, uh, apparently. <laughs> I don't think we can nice. discuss these things. What, what I read 
was last week Jeff was about to start working on it. So I think that maybe he's just maybe. started, the, and I don't see him shaking his head, so maybe we can take that as a affirmative. I, I, I know that I'm not... I, it, here's the thing. They, they called me. They, they know that I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, and they're, they know everything. But CBS is crazy. They're very crazy. Is that who that those stuff. suits are in the window, in the bushes? <laughs> the guy with the Hovering, gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they called me, and they were like, so you can't talk about any story points. And I was like, I don't know any story points. Nobody sends me any scripts. Nobody sends me anything. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, you, well, you can't talk about any of the any of the actors. And I was like, okay. I, I mean, what about the stuff that I read on Deadline? Can I talk oh, about better. that? And, don't, uh, don't talk about that like, either. They were like, what's Deadline? And I, <laughs> that's sort of a joke. But um, th- yeah, they're very, they're very, uh, they're very controlling about. The so let's talk about the actor for season two. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's smart, and I think we're all in a universe where one mistaken. Tweet. We can just change it's the name. You can actually spoil a series because yeah, people go, now true. I know that... The actors' names have been changed to protect <laughs> the actors. To protect the studio's <laughs> investment. To protect the studio's privacy. Yeah. Exactly. So... Um, you were you were getting at oh, the season two the storylines okay. changing so, a little bit. So we're not going to talk about the storyline. Of course but, not. Right. Because I, I couldn't do if I Do you wanted. have any plans... <laughs> Of any Jerry Goldsmith callbacks, maybe? You know... Which well, there was a little in the finale, I think, right? Here's, here's the thing. Well, no, it was Courage. It was Alexander Courage. Okay. Um, so, Alexander... I, I, I nodded to the Alexander Courage in the main title theme, because I always thought that that was a really good idea um, to... to to play the the fanfare, yeah, which I think I is the it. most iconic fanfare sure. that there is, right? Yeah. As soon as you do that, you immediately go um, into... Oh, there it is. And you immediately go into that, oh, I'm in Star Trek. Um, but... In terms of calling back to a Jerry Goldsmith, um, I you know I don't know. Like I, I I know that what we'll probably end up doing is we'll probably sort of take what I've done and expand on it in, into the new storyline. I know that it'll probably be a lot more of the bigger sort of swashbuckling stuff that mm. I, I did in season one. Swashbuckling. Yeah, that's <laughs> swashbuckling in season two. We use we use that word a lot. Deadline. You writing this? Are you listening? <laughs> Composer of Star Trek says swashbuckling in season two. Headline um, variety. Star Trek lands on water. <laughs> There's a boat. What? Star Trek meets pirates. That would actually not be a terrible thing to do to say. There's also a whole scene with a lot of insects. Uh, like you'll go, wait, wait insects? <laughs> Star Trek composer says lots of insects in season two. Um, Thousands cheer. So I, I, I think that I think that you know taking taking a uh, t- taking a, a straight line from from season one score and bringing it into season two and just sort of feeling out how the how it applies to the story. It's, it's all going to be sort of in the same wheelhouse, I imagine. We're not going to be making a big shift. What's really contemporary about your approach and this conversation is I don't know if you use what used to be library cues that you would kind of create a big forest of cues for a nighttime sitcom mm. and you just drop them in you know the composer sometimes showed up and sometimes didn't but you wouldn't it was again in that kind of cue universe of all you need is kind of like the uh, who's you know, the and, boss theme. right <laughs> Tony Danza walks in uh, or cheers or one of those you didn't have to you weren't scoring to picture you were dropping in You're dropping in pieces of music but no, this no, is really scoring like films you do little yeah, library we, no no we no, so score. we score we do a scoring session for every episode incredible um, here uh, yeah right we, across the street when actually paramount? No, there's no more scoring stage on thank paramount. you it wasn't in paramount yeah. that was a trick question yeah. for those of you that think there's a scoring stage of paramount there was it no was, more it was fantastic i yeah. wish i wish i could i wish i could bring that back yeah. uh, no i we did most of it at the bridge and at warner brothers nice. um but but so we'd, we'd score and i i created themes that i'd go back 
back to themes and motifs of that course. I would, you know, continually revisit, but it wasn't a, you know, library thing. The only thing that was played the same every time was the end credits music and the, and the main title music. Breaking news, themes and motifs will appear in Star Trek too. <laughs> I was having this conversation yesterday about somebody talking about the difference between themes and motifs. And, you know, we were talking about this. The, so I, I was Length saying, would be well, my guess. Yeah, 16 bars versus four bars maybe sure. or something. I don't yeah. know. Like to me, themes are a much sort of broader thing. Um, big pieces of music as opposed yes. to motifs being little doo 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 and That's, that's a good a one. Motif. Yeah. It's copywritten. I'm, I'm it's now a Jeff Russo yes. original. <laughs> are <laughs> you going in the next Star Trek, I think? <laughs> Since you're a Trekkie, are you somebody that when you're finished and the project comes out, do you go watch like a fan or are you tired of watching it at that point? Uh, so I've, I've done that a few times. Um, I, I have not See, the, the biggest problem I have with, with working on Star Trek is I work on a cut and I, I never get to see the final version ever. Like, cause I'm working at previs and like there's oh, no yeah. visual effects. There's no nothing. So when I get to see it on TV, it's like watching it for the first time. So it's very exciting for me to see the, hmm. to see Star Trek, but with, you know, other shows like the night of, I, nothing changed. Like, I, they just basically put the music in and it was done. Now that took five months, but it still, it was basically finished when I got it. So I didn't have to sit and watch it to be able to experience it. A different kind of release it. with the night of not, not as locked down. There wasn't like a big fan base waiting for it. No, 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 there wasn't. You're, <laughs> but you're a big fan right. base found it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, we're going to take a quick break. That was Star Trek people are going to love that. <laughs> Star Trek heaven. <laughs> and Deadline, too. Yes. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jeff about two other big shows that he works on, Fargo and Legion. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen Legion, by the way, the coolest music I've seen in a TV show in a long time. Since Who's the Boss? Well, yeah, Jeff, course. you've done a couple of Star Trek <laughs> live things, too, haven't you? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm I'm actually traveling to Not Spain um, in July to to perform uh, to perform pieces from Star Trek and a couple of other things. And That's then awesome. They just asked me to do something in Vegas, and with some me and Michael G. Kino, I think. So to to, yeah. to perform some music from the movie and from the new show. I I'm not sure if that's happening yet or not, but okay. it might be. I, that whole thing's it. taking off, which is uh, what we'll we have in this episode coming up in just a second, right? Yeah, and we were talking about it a little earlier yep. too. Um, so yeah, all that coming up and more. But first, behind the score. Behind the score. The inside stories from Hollywood's greatest filmmakers and composers. The last several years have been breakthroughs for film music. There's a seismic shift taking place. The production of our documentary that inspired this podcast paralleled a shift that we noticed happening in pop culture. Music is coming to the forefront of mainstream entertainment. There are so many concerts these days devoted to film music. That's Oscar-winning composer Hans Zimmer. sold-out international orchestral tour broke new ground last year for film music in the public eye. That's Ramin Javadi's Game of Thrones theme, which he's on an international tour for. Lord of the Rings, Pirates of the Caribbean, Gladiator, The Godfather, Harry Potter, and of course Star Wars are all in rotation with many local orchestras. Our music has transcended the confines of the medium it was written for. And at the same time, we're making people come back to, to the concert hall. And that's, that's a great thing. Some call it the start of the film music era. Zimmer sees it as a continuation of a trend, where the shared culture of film and television is fueling a new kind of musical interest. It's not actually thinking about it. It's not us, the composers, that did that. It's the, the, gen, the new generation of filmmakers who's, who've 
done that is the directors. I think I think if anything, there is more invention. I mean, Johnny Greenwood, you know, for me, amazing what he's doing. I tell you what it is. I think partly it's the era where film composers are being seen not just as the guy who comes on at the end. We have become the popular music of our day in, in a peculiar way. Today, many elite composers also produce on popular music albums or moonlight as electronic DJs or rock stars, blending their musical talents with different styles and genres to form something new. That's the Black Panther score by Ludwig Göransson, who also happens to have produced the chart-topping hit This Is America by Childish Gambino. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. I think music is constantly evolving. As for where the film music era is heading? I have no idea. If I knew what the future of film music was, I'd be doing it. I think that's an impossible question. What, what I, I, th- I tell you what, why they should be excited, because it's opening up. It's, it's, it's letting new talent in. It's letting people have voices that maybe... 20 years ago wouldn't have been able to and to me that's really exciting for more stories behind the score read score the interviews based on the international hit film score a film music documentary featuring raw insight from Hans Zimmer James Cameron Quincy Jones Randy Newman Trent Reznor and many more score the interviews available now at score-movie.com Welcome back to Music Box Studios. We're sitting here with incredibly talented Emmy Award-winning composer Jeff Russo. That's your season one theme for Fargo. The amazing thing about that show is that each season has been its own storyline, its own standalone storyline, and it's the best TV that I feel like has ever been made. Yeah, I think one of the things that we wanted to do was, I think even with each season, we got farther and farther away from the original idea. But even that first season, you know, it the, the best way to have gone about it, which I think is what we did, is to tell a completely different story and be not the, try to be the movie at all, but still utilize all those Coen Brothers isms. Right. And also, it is a vocabulary, yeah. yeah. It's also an ethos that I really hear in that theme. There's something kind of melancholy. It mm-hmm. starts, and then it goes a little Americana triumphant when it goes major. But that first melody says a lot about sort of this icy, barren landscape. I don't, you know, it just gives me the feeling, and it might be, of course, I think that's Fargo. But it's also there's something you you have captured musically something about the ethos of the show in that melody. Yeah, that was the yeah. hardest. That was definitely the hardest part. Like you know, certainly Carter Burwell is one of my favorite composers, and and walking in his shadow was very scary for me as someone who was just starting to write orchestral music, which I had never done prior to that piece of music. Amazing. And well, I I, I was I was I, I didn't know what I. I think maybe what was on my side was that I had no knowledge to inhibit anything that That's I wanted great. to do. You no, don't know what you don't know. Right. So nobody, I didn't know what I wasn't supposed to do. Right. Um, but uh, I think one of the things that was the hardest thing to do was to, to listen to what 
they did musically in the in the movie and not try to be it but still try to live inside the world that they created which was really the the idea to, so inheriting to to do. the language of it yeah you know inheriting certainly the the instrumentation yeah. and the tone and the tonality of of that feeling that you're talking about like there is this loneliness to, to loneliness. the score that's what's and, in it that's good, and yeah. that's that's what i was trying to do and that was what noah who's the showrunner and i he sat down he talked to me he said it needs to feel cold and it needs to feel lonely those are the two things so did I you like do. go somewhere by yourself and sit <laughs> lonely in, in sort of <laughs> yeah. northern canada no i didn't no. I, I didn't do that i sat in my studio okay. in southern california right. but i did it was, it was ice cold in my <laughs> studio it was like but 64 yeah. i did go up to see where they were shooting they shot in calgary and oh wow there, there was a there was a day when i got there it was negative 45 That's degrees very cold it was very cold we yeah. couldn't go outside it was one of those <sighs> like don't go outside no you can't no skin can actually touch the air because i don't know how people live would, in that <laughs> they, they don't they die people die they do that's how you get rid of people <laughs> that's that are working on four, tv right? shows <laughs> you just you get rid of send people. them up there did you anticipate this the show being the success that it was when you watched the dailies in the initial stages? No, I mean, I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any ideas or, or, um, I didn't know anything. I just, you know, I thought it was great. I thought the acting was absolutely superb, better than I'd ever seen on television other than maybe a few things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when I saw that first episode come together and we put the music in and it was just like, Oh wow, we've made, we've actually done something great. And, uh, but we, you know, you never know if people are going to, dig it or people are have you watch spoken it. to carter uh no you know i met carter once and i'm not sure he you know somebody introduced me this is jeff and he was like oh hello and he just sort of kept walking um but i i've never spoken to him about you know the music or the score. he has a he I, I know him and he has a little jeff russo doll right. and he had a whole <laughs> series of pins <laughs> near, that he keeps nearby because you bring up um, voodoo dolls quite a bit is well, there something you want to tell us it's right? actually something that I want to talk about. You have a little Jordan Bieber doll. A I little think. Jordan. And I have a chicken that I keep. That, you know the voodoo? Well, that's we're really going too far. I don't know. No, um, I don't. <laughs> actually, one of the things that he is said, most you know? interesting yeah. to me is Noah Hawley mm. and him doing uh -huh. going from not only from Fargo to Legion, mm. but I am among the Noah Hawley fans who has read his books. Oh. And I... Me I, too. <laughs> Before the Fall yeah. was a really amazing book for yeah. me. I knew Martha's Vineyard and right. sort of that and he he must be a quite an incredible creative yeah. human he, I would he, think our, the relationship that we have creatively is really it's really great because he's also a musician so he oh wow so we can speak in in our language and the language of music so it's very easy for us to sort of talk about what he wants and what I think and how I can achieve what he wants and how he thinks I can achieve what he wants um, but it's it's great and he he writes he writes a story in a very 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 unique voice his voice is very unique but your voice on the show one of the things that's incredible about the show's music is how I mean I don't think variety even even captures how first of all cue to cue mm. it goes from strings to a kind of electronica to a kind of rock to whatever is next for that moment so it's your palette is just enormously free i guess to score the moment and there's no this is the sound of but also the needle drops take you to a whole world of you know here's the who or here's the stones or is that noah's choice of needle drops yeah you know so we have a great music supervisor her name is maggie um 
but Noah is really aware of what he wants from songs. So he will throw, he always has a running Spotify playlist that he shares mm. with me and he shares with Maggie. He's like, these are the songs I'm thinking. I really like this. Let's put this in that area, put this in that. And then, you know, he'll, he'll ask me, he's like, what do you think of this song? Or what do you think of this song? Or how do you think we might get in and out of this song and score? Or, you know, will it work? Or should I change the song? Or what do you think? And maybe we should change the score. Or how do we, how are we going to do this? That's so fantastic. It's all, a, it's it, the entire music conversation for all the productions that I work on with him is a very fluid conversation. It always starts with me and him sitting down and going over a script. And then he either scripts songs or score ideas into his script um, and then I'm usually writing score to the script before we ever shoot any pictures so he has an idea of what the song what, what the whole tone of it is going to feel like and that helps him sort of guide him getting different locations and how he's going to shoot the show or how he's going to shoot the movie or what whatever he's working on and then he starts thinking about songs and how songs might affect what score we do or how the score might affect what songs. It's all a very fluid conversation. One of the most interesting cues in Legion is the dance battle from this last season. Was that, that was the first episode, I think it was, um, the narrative of this show is often in a, a dreamlike kind of abstract world. W- what was it like when you saw this scene? Or my question was, did, did, this scene get edited to your music because it almost seems like it would have been too hard to edit to nothing so let's okay (laughs) i got the script i read the script i'd already started writing the themes for this season and i noticed this in the in the script now in the script there was about three lines describing what happens in this in this five-minute sequence. It was about three lines of, of, uh, of description. So I, I knew what was going to happen. I knew that my phone was going to ring. It was just a question of when my phone was going to ring. So like a day later, my phone rings. It's Noah calling me. He said, we got to talk about the dance. And I was like, I know. <laughs> so he had an idea of what he wanted um, because Carrie starts plugging into, um, plugging into some patch bay. So I was like, the great thing is I just got a new synthesizer for our show. And it's beautiful. And it yeah, it's big Moog. And I said, it's a, it's a patch chord sequence thing. And I just could, I'll start plugging in some stuff and see what happens. So what I had to do is I wrote the entire piece of music and they, they did a choreography to the music Perfect. and then they edited the show because I, I wrote that without ever seeing picture. Like there was no picture. I had to write the music first so they could shoot to the music. So they shot the entire scenes to the music. And then we had to do some, you know, once we got into editorial, like we had to do some editing and sort of moving stuff around to make it really work. With but the it was picture, actually but, your music that they were Oh, they yeah, were they, choreo- they choreographed to the music. That and, is and the, wonderful yeah. and rare because I would inherit picture where they had <laughs> the director would just say, you guys pretend you're dancing. And then you'd find in post, right. you know, a, a hot single, drop it over. And, and it's something I always do when I look at m- movies and TV shows where they're not dancing in time. I think they couldn't either find dancers <laughs> that have any sense of rhythm <laughs> right. or clearly nobody understands how you either put an earwig in or a thump track, thump track to yeah. make them dance in time. So well, you're really lucky they danced to the action. Well, yeah, so I'm really lucky. But, but it, was also, it was also that we really wanted the tone of whatever the dance music was going to be to affect the actual battle itself. Like the, the idea was not just that there was dancing, but that there was a narrative behind the dancing, right? So the, the, the idea is they're having a dance battle, which was in lieu of a physical battle. So it's sort of more of a metaphysical idea of you, how, to, how to have... One of those crazy things that only a show like Legion no, can that's, do. That's yeah. exactly right, which is why 
I needed to create the music first because yeah, there was no, there wasn't going to be a way to do it the uh, the other way. Well, yeah, we there's no you, there's no way you could choreograph and with the cuts and the way it's, sure. it's pieced together. It, right, th- that was my immediate thing. I was like, he must have done the music first. Yeah, how far in advance did you have to deliver that to them before they were so uh, a good week before they shot because it needed to be choreographed as well. So the choreographers needed the music like a week before they were shooting. So I I started working on it probably the week prior to that. But it was one of those things where it's like I wrote, you know, I, you, you have an idea and you write a piece of music and it doesn't take very long. Like, you know, if you have an idea, it's, it's coming up with the idea and then implementing that idea that takes the time. So like I had the idea and I finished the piece of music in like three hours or four hours or something. But the but then it was tweaking it for the next week before I sent it off to them. Well, I think we have one new contest on score the podcast oh yeah i think we haven't had a meeting ask, about this but go ahead. we haven't had a meeting and get ready for me to run out of the room after I say we've it. just decided we'll be doing whatever robert de- says i think we need to have our fabulous group of listeners take dance battle and do a remix, <laughs> do a remix i think the dance, dance i think the dance remix, well first, first of off, all i can't believe that legion hasn't released on one of the you know rap caviar get a rapper to do it get have a remix like that to go out on Spotify somewhere on Apple. But I think our listeners may have a, cause it is a, a track that's just begging for a thump. thump and if you thump, haven't seen low end theory. we're going to post the link on our, on our page for the episode, so, but on YouTube, look it up. It's we're going to give cool you Jeff's scene. home address. <laughs> so you can deliver it's, it's it personally. Right that's right. Um, all right. Well, Jeff told us when we got here that he's already been playing name that score. <laughs> He's a pro. I play along at home. I'm a home player. <laughs> at well, the home board. Actually, in my car, because I listen to you guys in okay. my car. Oh, well, look at that. Uh, we have a name that score? Are we yeah, ready to do it? of course. We're gonna, can we do it? It's been a little while since we said the name of the show. Isn't it? Name, name that, that score. score. And so that much. was not in key or anything. <laughs> it was in time, um, though. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, Jeff, I don't know if you've done any research. I don't know. Matt, have you leaked the... Uh, these the, are the, the topic these are, to him. Well, these are sci-fi scores, so sci-fi scores. Oh, some of them you might sci-fi you might have heard of before. Some, some of them you might have definitely written. Sometimes he sneaks your own scores in there, oh. as you may know. But, <laughs> Let's uh, rock it. We're gonna take oh, a quick boy. break, and when we come back, we're doing it. We'll be right back. Hey, Matt Schrader here, director of Score, of film music documentary. For the latest news from the film music world, follow us on Facebook. Just search Score, a film music documentary, or let us know who you want to hear next on the show on Twitter at Score the Podcast. Welcome back to Music Box Studios. We're here with Jeff Russo. I need to know who wrote your theme. Uh, Ryan Taubert. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. He scored. These are uh, like actual it. cues from the documentary oh, score, okay. a film music documentary, oh, cool. and we are getting double duty on the on the scores. Yes. We got very a little nice. sound for uh, the brand. Very nice. Um, we do. I want to take a second before we get to name that score. We just found out. We something. have some breaking. News. Our first breaking news, Matt. Uh, That's nice. That's the first time we've used our news. Yeah, it is. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Legion is coming back for season three. That's right. Yeah, that's right. right. We just, just. Uh, nice. Are you guys? Is, Those is are the, the fans. champagne coming? Yeah. Or it is. yes. Well, congratulations. Oh, yeah. And that's cool. uh, thank you. It's perfect timing. Perfect. Um, as we move into our game, I think oh. we're ready to play. I'm what game is it? Up. Name, Name that <laughs> score. Oh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> featuring Jeff Russo. 
Get ready to play Name That Score! The film music game where a perfect score means you, yes you, could be a winner! Now let's play Name That Score! All right, so Jeff, because you're such a uh, a master at all of these uh, different series, several of them sci-fi series, we thought sci-fi movies is a good one to go here. Yeah. Uh, so mm. that's our theme for this week. We play five famous film scores, but in reverse, Robert, Kenny, and Jeff will pick from three multiple-choice answers. The last question is worth double. If anybody gets all five right, we give away a prize on our Twitter account, at ScoreThePodcast. Just mention hashtag name, name that, that score to enter. Uh, today's theme again is sci-fi movies. We have uh, five questions and a bonus question if we need it, mm-hmm. and uh, which we, we will, like to do anyway. Which we like to do anyway. Once I clean yeah. house, and we, we, we went to the effort to prep it. Yeah, might as well, might, might as well release it. Uh, so we'll do question one. Is this a clip? Uh, it's in reverse again. These are all space travel movies. Is this a clip from The Martian, Interstellar? Let's see, The Martian, Harry Gregson Williams, Interstellar, Hans Zimmer, or Aliens, James Horner. Alien. No, Aliens. No, Aliens. Aliens was the second one. Thank you. Oh, man. Mm. I'm going to let someone else go first on this. Wait, can you play play it one more time? Sure. And what were the what were the choices? The Martian, Harry Gregson Williams, Interstellar, Hans Zimmer, or Aliens, James Horner. Aliens. Oh man, that's what you're going Kenny's with? going with aliens. That's a tough one. That's a that's a that's a tough one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Martian. The Martian says Jeff. I'm going with Jeff. Hmm. <laughs> That wasn't an what option. answer. I'm going is that? the Martian. <laughs> that also. wasn't a. That I'll wasn't you, a score. I can only tell you, one. Interstellar had a lot of organ, well, big organ, big, big legato organ stuff. And I kind of feel like Aliens was orchestral in a way, and that this is sort of Harry's tip. But I'm just. Yeah, I, but I, basically, I I'm going with what Jeff said. That's mm. my default. <laughs> Let's what hear Jeff it. said. Uh, keep in mind, there are other parts of the Interstellar. Score that sound a little bit oh, different. Oh, look at uh, what he's uh, doing uh, now. What is he doing? Anybody want to change? Audible? Robert? Robert's taking me up. I'm, I'm going too- Martian. Oh, oh my geez. God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Stay close. We, it, it boosts if you get too far away. We're going to need new headphones. I just, it just rumbled my, my uh, headphones. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, it, it, could, it could be, it could be that, but I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. I'm going to stick with my I'm gonna original. Take the, we're I'm going to take the bait. The Martian. I'm taking the bait. You're taking the bait? Kenny's going Kenny's gonna to change? What, what are you changing to? Interstellar. Interstellar. <laughs> it's going to be alien. Kenny! Oh. You guys, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't get that. Jeff, we got to figure this out. Yeah. You know, I just... It I had an, almost the same. I had a hunch. Just because it's the same kind of motif. I had a hunch, you guys, and so I just knew it. I knew it. If you had gone slightly longer... I probably would have oh, known The strings that. help so a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's so emotional yeah, right yeah. there. You know, you guys, you just really got to start watching more <laughs> ah, and attention. God, I, I knew it. Ah, it so Kenny competitive. gloating. Gloating about yeah. that answer. Okay. Wow. Ke- bravo, Kenny. That, uh, yeah, I'm not saying bravo. Hmm. No way. <laughs> Let's go. Question two. Uh, is this music from Jurassic Park, 1993, John Williams, uh, Men in Black, 1997, Danny Elfman, hmm. or Source Code, 2011, Chris Bacon?
What was the first option? It's the the first option is the correct answer. <laughs> Robert says he knows this. Jurassic Park, Men in Black, Source Code. I'm going to go Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jurassic Park as Everybody's well. going for that. Points for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Wait, science fiction? This wasn't real? <laughs> I've been meaning and, to go to the park. <laughs> so my, my son my son has started to play violin, and that's all they play. Oh. It's that, that theme. Yeah, that's the so piano. Great, yeah. That, that's, well, they play it on violin. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. And somehow, even backwards, you hear John Williams. Yep. Mm-hmm. Chris Bacon, a little shout-out. I saw him the other night. He's tall. He's a very he's a very tall man. He, he is. is a very tall man. Yeah. Uh, question three: Time travel movies. Uh, the Terminator, mm. uh, which we had Brad I think, last week in last week's name that score. Um, Brad Fidel, Looper, Nathan Johnson, or Edge of Tomorrow, Christoph Beck. Oh, that's unfair. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Looper. I'm gonna go get. Looper too. I'm gonna yeah. go Looper. That was my pick. Yeah. Robert. I have to go something else because, first of all, I'm losing anyway, so i got to take a Hail Mary here. Uh, What was Christoph Beck and Brad Fidel? I'm going... Brad Fidel, the the Terminator, Looper, Nathan Johnson, or Edge of Tomorrow, Christoph Beck. Edge of Tomorrow, Christoph Beck. Hmm. Uh, Everybody, uh, everybody missed that one. It was Terminator again? It's Terminator, Terminator. yeah. It's a different piece of this. Than we played last week. Oh man! It w- was really was really all hinging on you picking up on you that. You know, I don't, bum, bum, I don't bum, like bum. these little like you don't like rigged, it, subtle <laughs> things you're doing. You're like, mm, it was la- it was on last week, so there's no way it could have been. Right. Go ahead. Let's move on. Question four. Um, so our score right now is uh, Robert and Jeff with one. Kenny has two because he changed his answer. Called mm-hmm. an audible in that first Uh-oh. question there. So because okay, that's it's fair. still very much anybody's <laughs> game. So question four. This is an ugly round. <laughs> We're getting competitive. It really here. has. Uh, question four. Gloves are is off. Is this music from Donnie Darko, Michael Andrews, Oof. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, John Bryan, or uh, Ex Machina, Ben Salisbury and Jeff Barrow? This is the hardest round of the show thus far. It's because you guys are acing that's, all these other episodes. We got that's John Bryan. John Bryan. Yeah, it's John Bryan. I'm going to go with... <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, there's a lot of confidence. You want to hear it again? I'm going to go ex machina. Kenny's going to go ex machina now. Hmm. I don't right. trust these guys. I'm leading. <laughs> uh, Jeff and Robert... <laughs> you got that one, Kenny. Unfortunately. Wait, so now we're all knotted up again. Yeah, that's right. I know that score so well. Backwards and, and this forwards. cue is the definitive. Well, that's not fair. Yeah. You know well. it. <laughs> I mean, you weren't guessing. When he said that, I thought maybe he'd play that. You know, there's a part of the cue that, that John did that he took an octagon and turned it around and started playing it backwards. So I was wondering if he was going to play the backwards oh, stuff great. forward. Yeah, right. That would have been ever. interesting. Wow. That's an idea for a future uh, episode, <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, wow. Stump Take some somebody Hendrix with souls. that one. You should do a Legion 
episode with the score backwards, backwards. and then we can play it on here and it'll sound normal. I think we just, <laughs> I think I, I just did that on episode nine. Make a note. Right oh. Episode nine, there's when a cue. When we have Jeff back on podcast. There's a cue that plays backwards because we'll play there's it. an entire scene that plays backwards. Oh, wow. Are you hearing this deadline? Episode nine, <laughs> it's backwards. I'm pretty sure it aired last Tuesday. We're trying now. All right, so question five, this is worth two points, doesn't matter because we're tied up. Everybody has the same same points here. We might, after all, need that uh, tiebreaker. Maybe question. we should do like one, two, three. Put your finger in the air of like what you're picking. One, two, or three. So nobody piggybacks. <laughs> Are you allowed to change rules during the game? I always wondered about that. Can so you say nobody like, piggybacks. Says the guy who changed his answer. I'll go for that. Mm-hmm. One, two, or three. Let's do it. That's fair. Right. Matt, so you go one, two, three. I'll, I'll call fair. him out as I see him here. So here w- one. Uh, this is question five. One, is this from Inception, The Matrix, or Minority Report? Kenny's giving me a two. I for need the composer's the names. Uh, Inception, Hans Zimmer, The Matrix, Don Davis, Minority Report, John Williams. One more time. Kenny thinks he has it. It's Minority Report. Kenny says I'm going the Matrix. You say the Matrix? Don Davis with all those trumpets? <laughs> I don't know. What? Are you trying to talk me out of <laughs> I'm it? I'm just saying. <laughs> Don Davis and trumpets. I, I love the Matrix. I thought it was John a great Williams, score. I just don't remember there being... So Jeff and Robert are both going John Williams. Kenny, you're going Don Davis on the Matrix. Yes. Two winners oh. in that one, Kenny. <laughs> Uh, Kenny, you get a bunch of these. Vanquished. It's almost unfair, by the way, to use John Williams because trumpets and trumpets sound backwards are very unique sound. Like there's nothing yeah. that sounds like that. So you immediately yep. know about it. Yeah. And and the like who does that other than John Williams? There is a the the wailing trumpets thing is something done. I know what you were picking up on a little bit from the Matrix. There are trumpets. But the yes, that's fine. It's not a it's not going like yeah indicative. Um, here's here's so our bonus round. We have uh, we have two winners of this. It's Robert and Jeff. So that means we got to go to a tiebreaker. tiebreaker. Very competitive. Uh, oh boy, our three. We have uh, these are TV shows. This uh, this one's worth three, right? <laughs> TV shows. This is good. Kenny, you, we might let you actually just volunteer. Should we answer. use the 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 finger system again? Did I not do that? I didn't do that in the last one. Do I have That's to do right. that? I held mine up and Matt announced it to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Let's and try. it was the wrong. Here we answer. go. Question six. Is this from uh, Westworld? The X Files or Stranger Things? Stranger Things. Oh my god! <laughs> I think this was originally question one. It was supposed to be the easy one. All right, so we got two winners on this one. Uh, we'll give a pra- away a prize. I'm donating my prize to Jeff. Oh, to yes, give away. That's yeah, so <laughs> absolutely. I'm donating my prize to someone else. Yes, somebody so, who tweets hashtag our, name that score. Yes. There you go. Remember to hashtag name that score on Twitter. Our uh, big winners are Jeff and Robert. So uh, thanks for hanging in there on some of those. (laughs) (laughs) We went from hard to kind of easy on that one. So a little little backwards, forwards. We're going to now play a huge cluster of analog synths. Wonder which... What score is that? (laughs) 
<laughs> and it it sounds exactly the same. It's almost like the it did. Oh, yeah. palindrome I was, that uh, uh, Brian Tyler I was surprised was just hearing it again that it sounded exactly the same. I didn't even hear it that similar the first time. Um, Jeff, I have one other question I want to ask you about sure. Star Trek Discovery. Um, you have such a huge fan base that's eager to know everything about everything all the time <laughs> and then a little bit more on top of that and maybe some things that aren't going to be but they just want to know your thoughts on that given that you have such an active and involved group of people that want to know these things you must have the instinct occasionally to work a little something secret some easter egg some little thing in there musically yes without naming <laughs> actors yes i do and can um you know I actually tried to do it even more in in the first season, uh, especially in episode seven, which was Mud's episode. And I went back to the original scores. One of the greatest things, by the way, about about being the composer on Star Trek Discovery is I can call CBS and say, can you send me the original handwritten oh, score so I can look at something? And they, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll have that to you in about 20 minutes. And so they <laughs> sent me the score. They sent me the score from, from, episode, from the Mud episode, which was called I Mud. And uh, because I wanted to know... I mean, can I lift a theme or something for, for Mud? Because I really wanted to go back. And there was nothing I could... I didn't. Um, and that's because it really... It didn't relate even even slightly. And I couldn't... I really couldn't make it work. But I wanted to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I have tried to do little things like that. And I'm sure that I will even more. Especially now that we are... And I can say this because we leave off the the final, you know, the fi- the, fin- the finale of of season one leaves off with the discovery and the Enterprise head to head. And what you know is that Captain Pike, who was the original, um, the 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 captain before Captain Kirk, is on the Enterprise, and he's he's you know, there's a distress signal, right? And so I, I'm wondering how I'm going to. I'm going to relate that musically. Stay tuned mm-hmm. for more and then, info. And then you sent the score back, and they're like, "Jeff, this looks like a photocopy." Uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's it funny. is a photocopy. Like, well, we Jerry Goldsmith handwritten ago. scores right. are really beautiful. You know, Jerry. Jerry did not want. Apparently, did not want to have anything to do with the television shows. Um, and they, they, you know, they brought in. They used his his theme for the the next generation. Da da mm-hmm. da 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 da. Um, but they, yeah, he he was not. He was not. That's he was not having the whole. TV thing, I and he, uh, you know, he's just such an interesting guy with a beautiful career. It's kind of wonderful to just be in the oh, glow. Gosh. Oh my god! I mean, that the 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 score for the first the first motion picture was great. My favorite happens to be the the second one, which was the Wrath yeah. of Khan, which was James Horner, who's one of my favorite composers. He's you know amazing, but that score was really spectacular. Oh, that's so great! Yeah. Well, Jeff, you're so busy. Your episodes are getting renewed during our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really perfect. We we thank you so much for oh, taking a break to to stop and talk with us and for In listening to the show studio. Too. My Music pleasure. Box. My, my pleasure. Uh, yeah. We want to remind our listeners to uh, jump on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, rate and review if you like what you're hearing, and also. Um, Robert and Jeff are donating the prize this week. So Definitely. go to our Twitter page at score the podcast and use the hashtag name. And I'm score. looking for that cool remix of dance battle. <laughs> so so am I bring it. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to hear that. Could be a viral hit. Thanks so much for joining us, Matt. Thanks, Kenny, Jeff. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>